0: what is going on guys welcome to Beta discussion podcast the show that talks about what it means to be a man in the 21st century i'm your host simon binkowski a self-proclaimed fitness fanatic and i'm on a journey to challenge stereotypes about men every week me and my guests will bring you amazing conversations about masculinity relationships fitness sex and many more now let's jump into the show Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bearded Discussion Podcast. My guest today is a fitness enthusiast, a professional personal trainer, and to be fair with you, uh, the most knowledgeable person I know when it comes to fitness. His name is Ben Dowling, aka PT Evolution. Welcome to the show, Ben.
1: Uh, thanks for having me on, Nate. How are you doing? Very well. Very well. How are you?
0: i'm I'm very good thank you very much thank you for being on uh, thank you for coming on to the show um
1: i think if you hadn't asked me i would have asked if i could anyway (laughs) (laughs)
0: um what i want to um what i want to ask you is um we're both extremely passionate about fitness you you obviously do it professionally um and a lot of people, because of the lockdown, more and more people are exercising, looking after the bodies and and really taking care of themselves. Um, And what I really wanted to ask you first is the nutrition side of it, because I know that a lot, there's this notion that um, uh, a lot of people think that you can go to the gym, put in the hard work. Yeah. And then what you do, outside of the gym doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah. you know, you can, you can bench 150 kilos, but then, you, you know, pe- people think that they can go out and have a whole box of Krispy Kreme and, and, and that kind of stuff. And I, I know that, um, it's probably the the opposite way as in like, obviously you have to put in the hard work, do, do your best in the gym. Uh, but then you really have to, you you your, the, the goals that you want to achieve come from the nutrition side yeah. of it um, so yeah I wanted to I wanted to ask you sort of how how should people sort of go about the nutrition what's you know the do's and the don'ts and and what's advisable
1: I think obviously if this is related to exercise um, yeah which it is um, so my take on nutrition is we would, so we, we touched on it briefly before we went on there, but um, it's like a, food is very much a psychological thing. Like there's a lot of behaviors behind food and habits that you need to kind of recognize and understand as a personal trainer. So we, we need to build up data and information regarding how people eat every day recognizing the foods that they enjoy because I don't think that we should leave those out. I think they need to be things that are incorporated into a diet. I think there's nothing worse than someone having a nutritional plan, but being mad on chocolate and you not putting it in there. Um <laughs> that can still go in, but obviously everything in moderation. So if I was to outline a nutritional plan for somebody who had a little bit of a vice and they like to snack um, and one of their snacking treats was chocolate, they like to do that on a daily basis. If I removed that from a plan and I put this person through hectic training for six weeks with no sign of chocolate in sight, that person's mind is going to be fixated on chocolate for six weeks. Yeah. And guaranteed there'll be a point where they'll break and they'll binge their heads off. Yeah. And I, like I I don't want, I I would prefer that they was, they could sustainably incorporate these things into their nutritional routines. Um, I I still want people to enjoy their food. Um, And obviously, nutrition is going to be very relative to what the goal is or what someone's seeking to do in terms of fitness, whether they're looking to increase muscle or, um, or even if they've got, or even if they're into sort of, if if their focus is running related. yeah. Um, So quantities of food are going to be really important. Um, So for fat loss perspectives, we're obviously going to look to drop in that, that, calorie intake a touch. And if people are looking to build muscle, we're gonna to look to increase that a touch as well. Um but talking to people, getting to get educating them on the foods that they should consume, the types of foods, um making protein um a sort of main focal point. Uh, mm-hmm. to their nutritional routines um, educating them on the sources of protein and the quantities they should be having that's going to be your most important macronutrient really is is going to be protein um, and recognizing the levels that an individual should be consuming relative to their goals okay and then on top of that you've obviously got your carbohydrates and fats um, which I think we discussed earlier carbohydrates and fats if I've allocated a, an amount of calories for a client per day um, I will build that nutritional plan and it'll have a certain quantity of carbohydrates and fats in but I want this to be an educational process so further down the line I want these people to be re- to recognize and be intuitive to their food and um, as long as protein's being hit they can consume what they want in terms of carbohydrate and fat but as long as it's not Tipping over if it's a fat loss client, that allocated amount of calories per day. Yeah. Um, so, protein is going to be teaching people about protein is obviously the most important thing. And that's where we get tissues rebuilt and okay. all sorts of stuff.
0: And so, when it comes to um, achieving your goals, whether it's a whether you want to build muscle, whether you want to uh, lose weight or lose fat, does you know, obviously, like you said, protein is the the most important mm-hmm. micro, uh, most important macronutrient. And then, yeah. when it comes to sort of rationing or rationing, um, splitting the carbohydrates and and the, and fat, is is there such a thing as one is more important than the other, or or does it again sort of depend? Uh, On individual basis, can you can you run mainly on fat, or can you run mainly on on carbohydrates, and vice versa?
1: Again, I think actually that's a carbohydrate and fat. What people run on more effectively is going to be very individual as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some people tolerate carbohydrate better than others, um, and that's something we need to recognise as well. Um, Some people prefer a higher fat diet, they find that they don't get as bloated and they run much better on higher fat versus carbs. Some people just don't like, like I say, just don't handle carbohydrate very well. So um, that needs to be something that is watched carefully and then addressed when needed um, relative to the goal. Again, if we're looking at somebody who wants to build muscle, it's a general rule that we keep carbohydrate quite high and, um, mm-hmm.
0: I mean yeah obviously you have you have you know the box standard broccoli chicken breast and rice and every <laughs> every time I sort of yeah. watch videos or, or read articles about um, you know portioning and stuff like that is always like 2 cups of rice chicken uh, breast job. broccoli and everything so obviously you have a lot of these you know it's yeah. it's that it's the the so called bro science or
1: yeah I think unfortunately we've all been caught in that trap of, I know I was in sort of my late 20s I, I got myself involved in um, I, d- I didn't I've never been interested in bodybuilding from a getting on a stage perspective that's never putting little pants on and spray tan doesn't <laughs> doesn't afford me I respect it yeah <laughs> I respect it uh, and what people have to go through to get themselves to that stage yeah. um, to, deplete, to kind of deplete their bodies that much to perform on stage the way they do i've i've got a lot of admiration for it but it's not something that i would ever ever do um i have absolutely no interest in in getting on stage so I'm sorry, i've lost the thread of the conversation right now
0: <laughs> that's um, right we were just talking like uh, my question was whether there's any uh like a box standard you know this many carbohydrates yeah. and this ma- this much fat and and sort of what the difference differences are and sort of you know what's what's better or or worse or whether it's the same
1: yeah, yeah. I, I think definitely going back to my point that i wouldn't like to say that do this as a general rule yeah. because everybody's different um, and there are a lot of calculators online if you're looking to if if you're looking to get into exercise and nutrition is something that you're interested in running alongside it. There's lots of calculators online where you can, um, work out to a rough measure of how many calories you should be consuming per day.
0: Um,
1: and just play around with that number, um, until you feel like it's, it's working the way you want it to relative to your goal. Um, Okay. So like, like I say, from a macronutrient perspective, if you've got protein, carbohydrate and fat, making sure that protein is the most important. Yeah. So really, as it stands at the mo- moment, science is kind of 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight for protein. Okay.
0: Um,
1: but again, that's variable as well because that's very individual because as we get older there's going to be a higher requirement for protein as well because we we suffer, unfortunately, muscle loss as we get older. Um, yeah. So oh, the later in life we get, I mean, yeah. the, the higher that, that intake of protein should be. So you could be pushing sort of three grams plus if you're
0: yeah.
1: in his 50s, late 40s or something. Yeah, um, And like hitting the lower end, depending on what it is that you want to achieve or, or if you're someone who's been in the gym for a while or if you want to class them as an advanced trainer, kind of 2.2, a little bit plus. Again, okay. play around with it. Um, I think there's there's only so much protein we can consume that will be beneficial to kind of tissue repair. Yeah. Um, and certainly per meal, like I think from... What I've read, science kind of sits at about 25 grams of protein per meal um, to be sufficient for um, tissue regeneration, that sort of stuff. Okay. Anything above that, like it just gets used elsewhere.
0: Right. Um, That's very interesting.
1: So, yeah, yeah. So if you're banging... But again, that will be dependent on the individual and how, I suppose, advanced they are at training. Um, mm-hmm. Some people just might be a little bit more sensitive and can maybe tolerate a little bit more. Again, this is just what the science says, always use science as a general rule but
0: an experiment on your on yourself essentially yeah
1: yeah yeah and how your body
0: responds to it um something something that you uh mentioned uh previously um that you whenever you get a new client and when it comes to the nutrition side you um you know educate them about the best sources of either protein uh Mm -hmm. carbohydrates and, and 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 fats what is what? What would you classify as sort of like the best sources of protein then? Since it's such a, it's the most important macronutrient.
1: Well, I, I, wouldn't. There's not a, but I. If you're looking for, so obviously you got your vegetarians and meat eaters, yeah, um, or your vegans, that sort of thing. Um, so. Sadly, from a, from a meat-eater's perspective, you're probably in a more advantageous position to have a wider variety of choices of foods that contain a full breakdown of amino acids, Yeah, contain the, the right levels of, of leucine, that sort of thing. Um, you can certainly combine these things to bring these levels up being a vegan or a vegetarian um but as a as a meat eater or a consumer and you're looking for if we want to class it as the best sources of protein you're looking at poultry, meat, dairy that sort of thing um because they're going to give you a lot of bang for your buck in terms of of protein um like I say, it's not something that you can't achieve through being vegetarians or vegans. Um, leucine being one of the most important amino acids. Um, yep. Is it, it
0: finally is it is it found mainly in meat then?
1: No, no, you get it in sort of dairy and stuff like that, okay. um, and well, like fish yeah, products. Yeah, yeah, animal products. But you can there'll be higher levels of it in in those products yep. versus. Combining um, different sources um, from other uh, styles of eating to sort of gain this level of leucine that the body needs on a on a daily basis, it, it's it's much more achievable and than, than a, I w- I don't want to say an easier option to go for me, but yeah, it, like yeah, it- if we were looking at best sources, I'd say optimal sources for maximum maximum sort of results then okay. meat might be the better option
0: is it is it harder than if 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 you have a client who is vegan or vegetarian i know um is it harder than for them to achieve sort of the same nutritional value when it comes to their the daily intake of food um without you know not being able or not 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 choosing to eat meat is it harder for for people that have these diets is it harder for them to achieve that sort of nutritional value is is that is that where the supplementation on the side yeah. sort of takes takes more of a role on more of an importance
1: i think um so carbohydrate and fat are obviously like they're easy to achieve in those um those other sort of nutritional habits and routines protein being the probably the trickiest one to to achieve the the amount that you need per day. Yeah. Um, it's a. Uh, it's hard to. It's so, what was the question again? I'd like without.
0: So when you, when you have uh, clients who are vegetarian or vegan, uh, obviously they they don't choose to eat meat, and is it harder for them to achieve the sort of the same nutritional value? And is that when the supplementation on the side or on top of your food becomes yeah. more important?
1: I think it food's very va- varied. We've got a lot of choices out there. I think if you're not that clued up with your food choices, you'll probably steer towards supplementation um, because that's an easier source to pull protein from is getting a maybe a vegan or a vegetarian-style protein supplement. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, yeah, I, th- I, think, uh, I think being a vegan, being a vegetarian, I've got nothing against it, but like they're, they're brilliant – ways to encourage people to eat more vegetables, um, uh, more wholesome foods. But I think um, if you're not that clued up, which I don't think a lot of people are in terms of food choices and what foods contain and what the macronutrient breakdown is of a food, and um, I think that's where things get difficult and people would be more obliged to use a supplement um, to bring those levels up. And supplements are obviously a good choice to crank up those levels as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think I think it, it's sad because I think people, I would like my son's generation to learn more about food at, um, at school. Yeah. Um, I think that's like from a healing perspective as well, not just an exercise perspective. I think a lot of things can be solved if we chose to eat the right foods every day like health oh, yeah, issues yeah
0: so, it's such a it's I, such a broad topic that you know obviously of course people a lot of people don't have um, enough knowledge about it and, and yeah. therefore make poor choices
1: yeah it's not their fault I mean oh yeah, it's a lack yeah of course of, yeah I think it's a lack of education in school um, yeah. and then I think A lot of it is learned through parents eating as well, the kind of foods that they consume. Um, You lead by example, I believe. And um, yeah, I I would like to see more education in school. Like, I think more education in school regarding nutrition. And then, if in later life they want to take up exercise as a lifestyle, then there'll be some understanding there if they choose to have a vegan or vegetarian diet of the types of foods that they should be consuming. they at least they'll have a rough idea. Um, uh, It's just the levels and the quantities of protein specifically that we need to be achieving when it comes to exercise. That's a bit trickier to achieve if you're not that clued up with the types of foods.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that makes Uh,
1: sense if that answers the question.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, sort of another thing that I wanted to, to ask you, obviously, regardless of your goal, whether it's weight loss, whether it's putting on muscle, uh, when it comes to your, your actual workout routine, uh, what is the, what is the difference? And if there is a difference, uh, between approaching it from using high weight and, and low amount of reps and using low weight and, a high amount of reps what is the yeah. what is the difference there and whether re- regardless of sort of which path you take you can you can achieve the same goal
1: is this so if we're building muscle like getting bigger or
0: just regardless of the goal whether it's what is that is it spe- is it goal specific whether if you want to lose weight or if you want to put on muscle is 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 that it's where-
1: uh, so it's very interesting because because now what science is suggesting that we should hit like a broad spectrum of rep ranges, mm-hmm. um, over cycled periods.
0: Is it to, to keep like the keep body sharp? Yeah.
1: To achieve hypertrophy. But I, uh, the, so there are factors that that are involved in weight training that need to be achieved before we can start adhering to these rep ranges. So um, things like mechanical tension, I do teaching people to understand how to lift weights properly and stimulate the muscles that they're using correctly. Mm -hmm. When that's achieved, then applying rep ranges to that. um, I would always go with, A higher rep range for an untrained individual.
0: Okay.
1: And until they can start to learn the process of understanding how their muscles are supposed to activate through a given exercise. Um, And then once that's achieved over a certain period of time, we can start looking at cycling reps. What's important is getting people to understand how to lift correctly and safely, how to recognize muscle stimulus relative to the muscle that they're trying to work um and then we can start programming heavier loads um mm-hmm. ensuring that we've got sort of uh deload weeks so making sure rest and recovery is there as well um so in answer to your question like if you're looking to achieve muscle gain you can work across a broad spectrum of uh, rep ranges um to really <laughs> looking to sort of a 10 to 20 set range per muscle group. Um, if you're in a position where you're a well trained individual, maybe 20 sets plus per week. Um, but again, it, maybe cycle in four to six week periods. Um, okay. Your rep ranges. Yeah. Is
0: it sort of, uh, forgive me for sounding trivial if it does, but is it Fire sort of, when it comes to higher weight and, and lower amount of reps, does that um is it more compound exercise specific? Because obviously compound exercises such as deadlift, squat, bench press, use use more of your muscle groups. Uh larger muscle groups, yeah. Yeah. Is is that yeah. is that when that uh that approach of using higher weight but lower amount of reps comes in handy comes in more handy? or more helpful?
1: I I think if we're looking at building muscle mass, those exercises, we have to, so we're hitting multiple muscle groups. Um, Some muscle groups, and again, this is very individual, some muscle groups will respond really well to higher reps versus lower reps. Like the hamstrings, for example, it's like, for the for the general amount of people that I've trained, have hamstrings respond really well to low reps and heavy weight, um, whereas I find the back responds really well to mid to high rep ranges um, in terms okay. of hypertrophy. But again, this is very individual. But I would just cycle your rep ranges. Maybe hit six to eight for um, a period of time, or if you're if you're looking at really building strength, maybe your your ones to threes to five reps. Um, and then going back into sort of your hypertrophy rep ranges of eights to twelves and fifteens and, and endurance type rep ranges with lower loads can still yeah. stimulate enough mechanical tension to um, elicit hypertrophy. So you could start hitting your twenties, but again, cycle it. Um, the way I like to train is vary my rep ranges. Like I, a lot of the time I, during a workout, I'll be working between anywhere between eight and twenty.
0: Okay.
1: Um, uh, just so I'm hitting a broad range. That that for me works really well and stimulates yeah. muscle really well in me. Um, but again, I wouldn't disregard hitting a cycle of six weeks of getting my strength up and working my threes to fours and fives, maybe one rep maxes, uh, and then sort of deload and recycle hypertrophy or something like that. Um, so it's, it's, it's just one of those things that you can really be open with choosing what range. Yeah, I think it's very important that we cover the the preliminaries that we talked about before is getting yeah, yeah. your body to understand and recognize muscle stimulus relative to the muscle groups that you're working um, and performing those exercises safely. Um, yeah. Whether you're really in a position to be able to perform those exercises as well. Um, when you when when I have a client for the first time, it's really important that I understand how that person moves um, at that stage so we can see any imbalances because the exercises we talked about before might not be relative to them at that point. Um, and it might be a case of just getting their body strong and understanding how we can get to a stage where they could do a deadlift or something. Yeah. I'm going off. I'm probably digressing a little bit. There, that's but. okay.
0: That's okay. That's that's all right. <clears throat> so it's really, um, again, it, you know, it it's really s- sort of stepping away from the the usual sort of bro science that we all sort of grew up with. When you first yeah. start out exercising, that's what you base all your knowledge on and, and all your information on. You you know, all the 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 bro science forums and stuff like yeah. that. And it's really. It is really about understanding, uh, you know, how your body responds to whether it's uh, whether it's nutrition, whether it's specific type of movement for an exercise. Yeah, it's really. I think.
1: Yeah. Fundamentally, we have to understand that nutrition is going to be the the probably the most important part of our exercise journey. I think a lot gets lost on food, and I find that the training is the easy thing. The food is the hardest part. Yeah, um, Going in the gym for an hour is easier than spending two hours prepping food for the week. Yeah. You know? Cause,
0: cause, Cause again, it's, it's what you said uh, um, in the beginning of this conversation, you know, if, if someone has a sweet tooth, yeah. uh, like I have a sweet tooth. Uh, yeah. If I, when I'm exercising, when I'm working out, which I, which I love doing, you know, it's a lot of people approach it from, Really depriving themselves of whether it's chocolate or whatever they whatever their favorite snack is, and then you sort of, you know, you get into that pattern of really denying yourself that, and then being miserable because you you put in the hard work and everything, and then yeah, you you crash like you said, yeah. and
1: then you People start become, binging and you know yeah a Hoover, you stop giving someone something, man. They become fixated on it. Yeah, if you take something out, you say you can't do that anymore. That is all they think about doing constantly like yeah. they'll be in the pumping weights. Oh, so i want a snickers it's their the
0: rebellious snickers. nature of a, of a human being yeah, man.
1: and then they'd smash like three or four duos after about four weeks of training and that's it <laughs> they've fallen off the wagon
0: so it, is is that when sort of you know cheat meals come in handy you know if if, if you are a person <laughs> that likes to snag or that have, has a sweet tooth or whatever yeah it, it you know do the do the cheat meals have their place as something that you can look forward to? Whether and and how often can you really have cheat meals? Is that is that again based on individual individuals?
1: Uh, I would be very, very like Yes, it would be individual. You'd obviously have to. Do See how things are progressing through their workouts um, and their nutrition, and monitor energy levels as well. But I, I got to be honest; I don't really like the terminology "cheat meal" because I think that inst- instills like a like a when you when it's a cheat meal. I don't know. Do. I would prefer to say a refeed because okay. um, it doesn't have that cheat meal. To me, says to someone, "I can eat all I want." Yeah. I'm just going to go and nail it all. Okay. I'm going to hit a buffet and smash <laughs> it. And like that, just in my head. It just produces this, like this sense that I would just want to go and eat everything. So I would prefer to say to someone like, let's have a refeed and maybe just introduce into a day in a week where they can just fill up a little bit. That's um, interesting.
0: So like you you can have a refeed day once a week and still be able to uh, achieve your goal? I,
1: I, I wouldn't give it once a week. Um, I, it, it actually, if I, well, in saying that, if I give a refeed, it, it couldn't be once a week because what we've got to do is we've got to look at Monday to Sunday as a period of time so you you work out somebody's calorie intake from Monday to Sunday on a daily basis and you have a total at the end of the week, wouldn't you? um so you don't if your goal is weight loss you don't want to be in surplus of that total um otherwise that's just going to hinder what you want to do so if we if we say give somebody so many calories every day to the end of the week they've got that calorie number at the end of the week but I was chucking in a refeed that was exceeding their calorie intake at the end of the week and I was doing that on a weekly basis it this wouldn't get them to where they wanted to be. Um, So if we talk about a refeed where it stays within their calories, Mm -hmm. um, where we maybe just like give them something that's a little bit more satiating or something that's a little bit more filling, protein's very good for that, Um, or maybe chopping something out and putting something in that they really enjoy eating, but as Mm -hmm. long as it hits that calorie number per day... Then yeah, we can do that. But I'd probably, I'd probably see refeed as more of a thing where somebody is, you know, they've they've hit that point in their exercise, maybe seven or eight weeks down the line, and they okay. you can see that they're in need of a deload or they've had one and they need another and um, just need to top things up a little bit. Um, but also you can. So I have clients who track their calories from a Monday. So, shit at maths, but say we've given somebody like 1,500 calories per day yeah, up until Sunday, but at the weekend they like a drink and they they see the weekend as just letting off a bit of steam. It's been a tough week, which I can understand. Maybe what we could do, and I have clients that do it as well, and they quite enjoy doing it that way, is be routined and driven through the week where they hit 1,300 per week. Okay. So at the weekend they've saved a oh, thousand calories. Yeah. Yeah. So at the weekend they can stick 500 calories on top of their calorie intake on a Saturday and Sunday. So they've increased the amount of food that they consume, can consume on a Saturday and Sunday. Therefore not, not tipping over what their total weekly intake is. Do you see what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's a nice way of playing with like being a, Playing around with the psychology of food a little bit, like yeah. playing around with the numbers Monday to Friday and then just tweaking them a little bit um, so they can feel like they're getting a little bit more enjoyment out of everything that's going on at the weekend. Um,
0: yeah, that is so true. Obviously, yeah. you know, you, you, again, when it comes to these refeed days or, or <laughs> cheap, cheap meals as it, as it's known. You know, widely yeah. um you know a lot of people i don't know fo- follow follow people such as the rock on instagram and he posts them every week and and stuff like well, that he always that's-
1: refers to as the cheat cheat meal but that yeah. guy is an absolute monster he so is. that's where people think, oh, I can i eat what i want now but the rock is a different being entirely exactly. like
0: you know people, is- people, people people don't get that he probably wasn't doing it for a large chunk of his life yeah. And and you know he was constantly training, keeping the diet as it should be, and and really getting the body and that that he has now. Obviously, genetics plays a huge part in that and and everything else. But you know he's now at a stage where he he can allow himself something like that. But if you're sort of just starting out, you you cannot, you know. And just because Rock does it, that means that I can do it. It, it yeah, doesn't yeah. work like yeah, that.
1: Exactly yeah like you say he's do I mean he's got years and years of training behind him and consistent eating to be able to put himself into a position where a cheat meal, if you like, is something that his body would probably be very very responsive to yeah um, I think and-
0: people hugely uh, um, don't appreciate sort of the amount of dedication and, and hard work that goes into achieving such results or or, like i said obviously genetics plays huge part in that but you still have to just work your fucking ass off so much
1: yeah it's years and years of dedication like absolutely i mean blood and sweat man constantly years and years of it um i I think i touched on it briefly earlier but lost my train of thought so much i've forgotten what the question was that you asked me but i was what i what i was trying to get onto the Point of when we were talking about bodybuilding, and I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been through a bodybuilder's diet, and I did it in my late 20s. Um, I did it because I was really interested to see what food, what potentially my body could look like through choosing, I wouldn't say the right choices of food, but mm-hmm. certainly being in enough of a deficit to um, sort of elicit quite a lot of body fat coming off. Uh, and I was like and I and I was caught up in that routine for three I think nearly it was 15 weeks um, and I got extremely lean from it, yeah um, like really lean from it, but I wasn't like I saw family members at the end of it, and they said, don't ever do that again because you're just weird <laughs> 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 and I was like I had no interest in doing it again, but what it did teach me is how to control my food. Um, and it helped me to recognize when I was eating too much versus eating too little. So I, again, became very intuitive with the way that I was eating. Um, and I may obviously have maintained my training, I always have done, but maintained that level of eating for a lot of years. Like, bro, um, I don't want to advertise my age, but that was a while ago 28. Um, I'd become, you, I, I'm a big believer that you can actually reset your body mm-hmm. like our bodies works hormonally. And I think our body is affected by the things that we eat, um, the size that we are. And I think, our bo- I think our bodies actually recognize us being a certain way and that's the way they like to be. Yeah. Um, cause the hormones are all working the way they should to respond to the way that you are, um, or the weight that you are. Um, and when you, if you lose a lot of weight dramatically, there's more of a likelihood that you'll put it back on because your body's trying to get back to that state that it was originally at because that's what it recognises. Yeah. Um, but equally, if you're putting muscle on or staying lean for a long period of time, I think you need to stay at that level for, I would probably say, about six to eight months, maybe a bit longer before your body starts to recalibrate and understand understand that as being the norm Um, do you know what i mean yeah yeah so i managed what what i'm trying to say is i got to a point where i was lean managed to sustain a level of leanness for so many years that my body sort of again is very genetic Yeah, yeah this is going to be quite individual but um i do think this can apply for one one way or another to everybody um and it, my body stayed quite and stay still to this day I, I, I find it easier now to get lean than to put muscle mass on um, I for me to put bulk on now I would probably have to eat in excess consistently for about 8 months and then sit at a level of weight for a long period of time before my body goes All right I'm used to being this weight now that's the weight I'm supposed to be okay. rather than years and years of being lean does this? Yeah. Does
0: that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes absolute sense. You so obviously, it, you obviously have to, you know, through experimentation and and seeing how your body responds to uh, yeah. various at you know various um, impulses or aspects whether it, nutrition and exercise. You, yeah. you you go, you go through that journey, bodybuilding or just, you know, whether you're trying to lose weight or put on muscle. Yeah. You are still, you, you are a bodybuilder because you're trying to change your body.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the bodybuilder is just terminology. I mean, when I was younger, I used to hate being called a bodybuilder, but you are like the, yeah, you exactly. can't, you're a it, it, I want to tone up your bodybuilding or like, I want to put yeah. muscle muscle in your bodybuilding. That's Exactly. That's what you're doing. Exactly. So, yeah.
0: And you, you have to go through that. It's, it's constantly evolving and you have to go through that journey. Um, of getting to know your body and and really exper- experimenting on it, yeah, and and seeing yeah, yeah, what yeah. works and what doesn't, obviously. And if someone something doesn't work, educate yourself, or yeah. Get in touch with people like you, yeah, personal trainers, yeah, uh, and you know really try to achieve your goals.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am. A, I'd like it was all theoretical what I was just talking about before in my head anyway, but I do. I do believe that you can reset your body so someone if they came to me and they're quite overweight and they've been like that for as long as they know then recalibrating that person hormonally to get their hormones and bodies to understand that they need to now be working at a different weight yeah sitting at a different weight yeah um which is why I like to look at exercise as a journey and nutrition as a journey because Especially if it's a weight loss client, you want to get them to a point where they've come down in weight so gradually that it's not such a dramatic drop where their body is just going to shoot right back up again. because it wants to be where it was. I want it to come down so gradually that it now believes that this is the place to be, and it can drop more. Exactly, and that that can be withheld over time and be sustainable um, and turn into something that they enjoy doing rather than.
0: Exactly. So make it make it become part of their lifestyle and their habit rather than yeah, yeah. Th- than something that they have to do that they don't necessarily like.
1: Yeah. And I much prefer that that way of training gives me so much more satisfaction than getting somebody lean in twelve weeks. Absolutely. Because I've you know then that you've given them some something that they can hold on to for life, whether they stay with you or not. Do you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That is so true.
1: And it, like that is the most gratifying part of my job. Like I'll be like, all right, I didn't get that person, te- I didn't get ten kilos off that person in five minutes. I gave I gave them ten kilos off, and that is something that they can withhold for the rest of their life now, rather yeah. than ten kilos off in twelve weeks. And the likelihood is they they could put that right back on again. Um, that's true. so that's that's where my satisfaction comes from. A lot of people work differently, and I don't. Transformations, I think, are brilliant things, and they look amazing.
0: Um, yeah,
1: uh, I think they're phenomenal. People, you can see that people have put their their heart into their training and their nutrition. But um, I think there's a higher likelihood there of psychologically them just sort of reverting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if that makes sense,
0: it makes sense. I couldn't agree more. Well, listen, man. Um, it's been a great podcast. We've been recording for about forty-five minutes. Uh, we have,
1: yeah. I yeah. talk a lot. Sorry.
0: Oh, that's well. That's what you're here for. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: thank you. Thank you for coming onto this show. Um,
1: thanks for having me, son. For for
0: people that uh, would like to get in touch with you or, or contact yeah. you, I know they can find you on your Instagram, PT Evolution. Yep.
1: Yeah yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Is there any yeah. other way
0: that they can contact you?
1: Um, I have got a Facebook page as well under the same name. Um, get in touch with me on there. So really, Instagram and Facebook being the only two pages that, cool. um, if you would like to get in touch and, um, and yeah, you'll 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 be able to DM me directly or find my email address on either of those pages as well. Beautiful. Uh, so, yeah. Right. I, yeah. I think we covered everything, didn't we? That was cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah absolutely. Thank you. So Thank I'm you.
1: Like, yeah. That's a pleasure. I can be very vague on stuff. Not vague. I can give. Sometimes I go off on a tangent and give too much detail, Um, but I like to be thorough. Like it's not as simple as. It's very individual. That's what's got to be understood. Nutrition, exercise is so individual. Rep ranges are, again, individual. But there's a general rule and a broad spectrum of rep ranges um, over a structured cycle of of workouts is. It
0: it was it was a very. sort of knowledge and information filled, filled podcast uh, and, and I'm sure I'm sure our <laughs> listeners will will enjoy it as much as I have.
1: Um, well, I hope so. <laughs>
0: yeah Well, thank you again. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, tune in next week and I hope you enjoyed this this episode. Thank you. Bye
1: Pleasure mate, we'll catch up soon yeah. take care. Thank you for
0: listening to Bearded Discussion Podcast. If you like the show, subscribe and follow your host, Simon Binkowski, on YouTube and Instagram. Share it with your friends and tune in next week. See ya.